This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hamilton Book Month is nearly upon us for another year. The first event in this year's programme is the Fiction Panel on the 3rd of August, where authors Mihalia Arisimas, Deborah Shalinor and Catherine uh, Chidgi I will read from and share some of their works. Um, we're fortunate enough today to be joined by one of those authors, Michalia, today. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Kelly. Morena. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, because I did such a bad job, can you please let the, the listeners know how, how we say your name? Oh, thank you so much. It's so lovely. You did not do a bad job at all. It's an unfamiliar sound for lots of New Zealanders, I think, the Greek language. So my name's Michalia Arathimos. Arathimos. I'll yeah. get it next time. So you're, <laughs> so, um, you're a, Greek New Zealand, uh, a Greek New Zealander, um, a writer mm-hmm. of stories, novels and reviews. Um, you mm-hmm. have a PhD and MA in creative writing and a BA in English literature. Um, and you returned to Aotearoa in 2020 after about a decade, I believe, in Melbourne um, and mm-hmm. lots of moving around before that, I see, some interesting places as well. But you're now yeah. the writer in residence here at the University of Waikato, uh, working on your third book, uh, Sojourn. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us. Um, you've got a really interesting background and, as I mentioned, you've moved around a lot as well. Um, I guess, do we see some of that come through with your writing? Um, yes, we do. And firstly, thank you for having me on the program. It's very generous to be invited and I really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I um, a lot of the moving around and a lot of the, I guess, experience that I've had living overseas and then coming home is in the current work that I'm doing at the University of Waikato. Um, we, myself and my family, lived overseas for about eight years in Melbourne and we did move around a lot in, within Australia and overseas um, before that. So we planned to come home permanently for July of last year and then were surprised by the world events and ended up coming home early. So um, the kind of uh, what I've called in other places this this frightful passage of being surprised by a global pandemic <clears throat> and also the bushfires which mm. we were kind of in in Australia that has definitely found its way into my current work so um, I'm writing a novel and one of the characters is it's partly set in contemporary times and one of the characters is going through this similar experience of coming home in these circumstances in this international climate and um, coming home to the Waikato, which is a very big contrast to um, some other places overseas. It is, um, but you've also uh, spent a lot of time in Wellington too, haven't you? Yeah, I'm from Wellington, so I like to say I'm a Greek from Wellington because I'm third generation, <laughs> so I don't want to claim um, you know, being a first generation migrant but I grew up Greek in Wellington, and so there was a very strong Greek migrant community there when I was growing up in Wellington in the 80s. And um, that's very much informed my life and my work in that I, I speak a different language, so I 
think I come at things from a, a different cultural perspective as well. And I guess some of that may come through, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, in your first novel, Okate, uh, mm. from 2017. So what inspired you to tell that story? And I guess probably if there's a, a few sentences on, on the, the plot line for that one. Um, Okate is a Māori word which means boundary line. And in this book, I was very much using it to try and discuss the boundary lines between cultures and... Um, the things that happen when cultures come up against each other or butt up against each other. And the interesting thing about Okati is that um, they were lines that had to be created when Māori were invaded by the Crown. So it wasn't originally, as far as my understanding is, and I'm not an expert or scholar, but I did research it, um, Okati, it wasn't a... Uh, a concept that existed before colonisation. It was something that happened when Crown forces uh, forced people back into their own lands further and further. So I wrote this story um, and it's set on a Māori pa, but it's not anyone anyone's pa in particular. Um, and it's about a group of Pākehā activists and they're defending the land against fracking which is something that which is happening in Taranaki at the moment. Mm. And um, the Pākehā activists from the city basically come in en masse and start doing their activism, but then they're trying to cooperate with the Māori, um, the local iwi who are very much already informed of what's going on. And so there's a lot of sort of cultural exchange, which might be comfortable in some areas and more uncomfortable in other areas. Um, so the okati in that story are sort of talking about these, not quite divisions, but the lines between our worldviews, and that's something that I hope to explore in that work. And I mean, and I'm not sure if this was intentional at the time, but um, something we've seen uh, just with Extinction Rebellion recently is uh, Tauiwi or Pākehā coming in to do work that Māori are already doing and, yeah, that sort of um, uh, the the dynamic there and how they navigate the space of where you are and um, even if you are working for the same end goal, um, how do you do Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've been in... Because I come from grassroots activism many years ago, I've sat in many uncomfortable meetings where um, my partner is Tiatiawa, so he comes, he's Māori and he comes from Taranaki. And something which fairly consistently used to happen is that if you're in a predominantly Pākehā group um, and the issue of, well, what do local iwi think in, about this matter, mm -hmm. if that comes up or if anyone even thinks about it, um, everyone looks to the person of Māori ancestry in the group as if they're a yeah. representative, as if they can speak for everyone, you know, and that puts a great weight of responsibility um, on Māori for holding that space and also explaining um, a perspective that they might not be comfortable explaining. So, yeah, there's a lot of really, really tricky dynamics that I've seen arise um, in these groups. And that is exactly what I was trying to get at in, in much of the novel. But at the same time, the novel is essentially a love story. I don't want to sell it as um, a political work because yeah. it's not a work of nonfiction. It's actually more about relationships and emotions um, 
which I think is life is about. Yeah, oh, and uh, to be honest, to me, everything is political. So <laughs> it's, 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 yes. it sounds really appealing to have a story, but with this, uh, this real, uh, you know, environmental activism that uh, so many of us uh, um, really value at the moment. Um, your second, um, and I'll probably say this wrong as well, Apologia was a mm-hmm. collection of short stories around uh, loss, uh, trauma or displacement. So uh, tell us about why you chose to write that collection of stories at that time. Um, interestingly, Apologia, which is, <laughs> it means the apology in Greek, um, it wasn't a, a, a collection that I wrote intentionally to be a collection. It was a series of stories that all came out of different moments in my experience and and I wrote them over time. Um, Interestingly, I have had the experience of when I presented some of these stories in Aotearoa in a a New Zealand setting, they they sort of encouraged a certain response in the reader and the reader was very often more about the cultural content of the stories than about the stories themselves. So... Um, the stories are about there's some Greek characters in there, there's some characters in there who are working in the desert in Australia, there's Māori characters, there's indigenous characters. Um, I didn't write from anyone's perspective that I wouldn't feel comfortable writing from. Mm. But there's a lot of diverse characters in there. And when Pākehā New Zealand readers looked at the collection, I found there was like a response which was, that these stories aren't necessarily unified, um, that maybe we want more of the Greek voice and, um, you know, that the uh, the actual diversity within it was maybe a little confusing or that's, oh, that was okay. the impression I got. That's yeah, and yeah. and the interesting thing about the um, this collection of stories was that I submitted them to a, um, a prize in Australia and it won the prize so that was very lovely Um, and the prize was for Australian fiction so what that said to me was that um, this particular publisher you know was willing to um, define this collection this sort of diverse collection as not even um, you know just a collection in itself as a whole but as Australian which I thought was very open-minded and very because there's stories set in there's stories set in New Zealand, there's stories set in Vietnam, there's stories set in the Western Desert in Australia. So um, that's a really interesting gesture about you know what what they could consider Australian literature to be. And um, I have a friend Tina Makariti who talks about our literatures in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and she likes the term. Um, you know, Pacific literatures or oceanic literatures, which I think is a very nice idea to be building towards, you know, this idea of a Pacific literature. Um, We don't have a lot of time left, but is that what you're working on now, Um, a a development from that? Or something completely Um, different? Actually, I think, so the novel I'm writing here at Waikato University is very much a local work. It's set in the Waikato. I wouldn't be able to write it if I wasn't here. So I feel very, very grateful and indebted to the university to, um, for being able to work on it. And it's, 
Yeah, so it's actually, I would say, a very Kiwi novel. It's about an Anzac soldier and a Greek New Zealand woman, and at some point in the story they intersect. So it's really a novel of this place. Wonderful. So we uh, actually, we don't need to tell people where they can find out more about your work because they can see and he- uh, meet you and hear from you in person just next week. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/slash Free FM eighty nine to find out more.